This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing leg day. And if you go to audibletrial.com cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com cultivate. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show. Hi, Fred. My name is Josh Shell, host of the Let's Start a Cult podcast, the only podcast that has a feud with Tom Cruise. So far, it's mostly one-sided, but whenever he hears this episode, it's on. And luckily, I have backup because Alex and Christy from Weird Distractions podcast are back to help me kick Tom Cruise's butt. Are you guys, uh, are you guys ready for that? I mean, literally, sure. Fine. Yeah, Christy's ready to throw bar. <laughs> throw down fists. Yeah, throw bows and Tom Cruise. Yeah, I actually do. That's fair. I, I don't like him either. He's a weird dude. I hate his movies. I like physically hate his movies. We just all became best friends over mutual hate of Tom Cruise. Would you look yeah. at that? Bringing people together. Tom Cruise bringing people together <laughs> in not great ways. Not great <laughs> yeah. ways. No. Don't forget, Fred, if you would like this episode a week early, go to Cultivate Podcast Network's Patreon at patreon.com slash cultivate podcast network or use the link in the show notes. If you've already signed up and are listening to this episode a week early, welcome. It's been five minutes since you probably heard part one. So so (laughs) nice of you to join us again. But with all that out of the way, let's jump into today's episode. So part two of our deep dive into L. Ron Hubbard and the Church of Scientology. Last week, we talked about the early years of the church when it was founded, the belief systems that it upholds, and the controversies that have plagued it throughout the years. In this part, we will take a look at how it managed to become accepted as a religion and the powerful tools it uses to recruit members, including some of the most influential celebrities in Hollywood. So all the fun stuff. We get to talk about Tom Cruise finally, which is... I'm so excited. Who else? There's a bunch. Elizabeth Moths and John Travolta. That's the big one. Ah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was going to say, there's somebody else that's like older. I didn't know those two. You didn't know? No, really? You didn't know. I did. So I told you the uncultured one, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. You know what? She probably lives a healthier life than us now that if yeah, you didn't more know. Than likely. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the things that, you know, we'll just keep you up at night. Yeah. I'm happy without it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> So, while the Church of Scientology claims that it has millions of parishioners in more than 100 countries across the globe, experts say that the actual number is probably somewhere close to 20,000. So, way less, way less than they, they claim. This may be significantly far from what the group contains, but it's still a pretty high number for a belief system that wasn't even originally intended to be a religion. In part one, we talked about how he created this religion, but we're going to talk about why probably wasn't supposed to be a religion. <laughs> Fair enough. In Dianetics, the Modern Science of Mental Health, L. Ron Hubbard specifically stated that the ideas he presented were based on science, not religion. He declared in its opening pages, no less, quote, the first contribution of Dianetics is the discovery that the problems of thought and mental function 
can be resolved within the bounds of a finite universe, which is to say that all data needful to solutions of mental action and man's endeavor can be measured, sensed, and experienced as scientific truth independent of mysticism or metaphysics, end quote. Later on in the book, Hubbard would also say, quote, once a person has used Dianetics, he will not fall back into mystics' efforts to heal the minds, end quote. Kind of contradictory, right? Like, that's a lot of words. That's a lot of words. He's still on that penny writing shit. Like, he's throwing every word out there. <laughs> I'll sum it up. Basically, he's saying if you t- use Dianetics, which is the mindfulness thing that he, he espouts, um, right. you won't need religion or mysticism to, to, to dumb it down from his word jumble. Which is interesting because it's like, well, once you do it, you won't need me, but I'm going to keep you because you'll never get there. I think it's funny because Dianetics starts as like a scientific, quote unquote, uh, idea, and then it merges into a religion, right. which yeah. contradicts its original <laughs> like the statements. Hubbard. Hubbard, Hubbard. (laughs) (laughs) These statements have led scholars to believe that Hubbard initially wanted his ideas to be considered a science rather than a religion. But he eventually declared it to be as such when he realized that doing so would not only enable him to avoid paying taxes, but would also protect him from being scrutinized by medical and mental health regulators as well. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying he's the smartest person in the world, but he saw an opportunity and he'd write all of those. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a businessman (laughs) doing businessman things. Yeah, I am scrutinizing him, so. (laughs) Christy's not an health provider. Yeah. (laughs) Full on judging. (laughs) Yeah, he's a dick. Uh, (laughs) So, experts have also pointed out that Hubbard was in dire financial straits during the 1950s In December 1952, he was ordered by the court to make restitution for over $9,000 that he was accused of taking from the bankrupt Scientology chapter in Wichita, Kansas. Perhaps this this had driven him to capitalize on the rising popularity, to turn his ideology into a full-fledged religion. Given all of these circumstances, most scholarships agree that Scientology was never intended on being a religion. It just morphed into that out of financial needs basically and yeah. cover his butt in some way yeah. yeah it's basically coming from like one man's desperation <laughs> that's exactly what it is oh, and, the whole picture of desperation yes yeah, yeah. which I, I think surprises no one but it is interesting to dive into <laughs> so yeah um nonetheless in in his article titled the creation of religious scientology researcher stefan kent even concludes quote Economic circumstances and social pressure propelled Hubbard first to transform his Dianetics creation into the grander system of Scientology, then to assert his scientific creation actually was religious in nature. Critics of the organization who understand these transformations often resist its contemporary religious presentation, believing that it continues to use religion as an expedient device to gain the freedoms to operate with minimal government interference, end quote. Hubbard may not have originally intended to establish an entirely new religion, but by 1953, it was clear that he was heading down this path. In December of that year, he incorporated the Church of Scientology and the Church of American Science. A few months later, he created the Church of Scientology in California, which he stated was a subsidiary of the Church of American Science. The way Hubbard phrased his articles of incorporation made it appear that the Church of American Science was an actual Christian church. For instance, part of his charter read, quote, to train and indoctrinate ministers and brothers and sisters 
and principles and teachings of the Church of American Science to resolve the travel and difficulties of members of congregations as they may obtain to the spirit to conduct seminars and instruction groups, end quote. I'm so confused with this man. And he picked Christianity, which is like a huge thing. A lot of people says, I'm proud with that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So it it continues. So uh, the creed also states, quote, that God works within man, his wonders to perform that man, his own soul, basically free and immortal, but deluded by the flesh. That man has God given rights to his own life. That man has God given rights to his own belief that a civilization is lost when God and the spirits are forgotten by its own leaders and its people. End quote. He just basically takes Christianity teachings and then phrases it with a little bit more science in it so that he can come across as a religion. He's like a half ass man when it comes to the things. <laughs> well, he in everything. These, yeah, he starts these projects and then it and gets, fails. And well, fails or gets to a point where it's like, yeah, I don't really want to do this anymore. And then bows out. And this whole Christianity thing, it's like, okay, I'm just going to copy paste, change a couple words, and then yep. it's mine. Right. Yeah. It's, you just control F and filled in a few science words. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, how do I make this sound less Christian-y and more science-y? And mm-hmm. that was that blurb. <laughs> and he picked a huge population that could like bring in a lot of people for its oh, following. Yeah. 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 So it already has that buddy-buddy with Christianity so that yeah. it makes it easier for people to cross over, you know, make that change. Exactly. Um, whereas Problem. I think if he went with Buddha... I don't know yeah. if a lot of <laughs> North American would would transfer over to that, but uh, yeah, Christianity is just like that. Well, it, it, it's such a big religion that mm. it's it's kind of like trying to become part of the popular group in high school. It's like if you're if you're friends with one of them, you kind of <laughs> slowly become friends with all of them, and then you're in, right? Yeah. So it, you rub shoulders with you know, such a big religion, mm-hmm. eventually and, you will become one. Yeah. You'll get, you'll get the name recognition for sure. Exactly. And it kind of worked. I mean, uh, thanks to Hubbard's popularity and the masterful propaganda, it didn't take long before Scientology had become widely regarded as an actual religion. In 1955, a mere year after a church in California was established, another one was formed in Auckland, New Zealand. Dozens of ministers were also recruited and made to undergo an intensive course on how to perform a number of sacred ceremonies, including a wedding, a christening, and a funeral. By July 1957, more than 100 Scientology churches existed in the United States, leading Hubbard to believe that it was time to formally apply for tax-exemption status. This was initially... Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So as we talked about, this was initially granted, but a decade later, the Internal Revenue Services revoked the privileges because he stole all that money. <laughs> yeah. The IRS doesn't like that shit. <laughs> no, no, they do not. <laughs> no, damn. So they, they were taking a, a tithe of at least 10% from the church. And the couple also frequently received monetary gifts, including one that amounted to approximately $108,000. I'm sorry for what? I would like yeah. that gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. I yeah. could finally buy a goddamn house. <laughs> yeah. Like, Plus, I don't. That's the 50s, right? So it's probably like eight, oh, nine hundred thousand. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. Especially like a million. Yeah. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. The battle between Church of Scientology and the IRS continued long after Hubbard's death in January 1986. 
members frequently resorted to using aggressive and at times illegal tactics to get the agency to formally recognize their organization as an actual religion. So they're just at war with the, with the IRS. <laughs> I just picture it as, you know, a younger sibling versus an older sibling. It's like, <laughs> I'm important too. <laughs> I deserve this as well. It's Mom like, said um, I'm special. <laughs> yeah. Mom and dad said it was okay. I can get the TV <laughs> remote now. Yeah. Like it's just, it's yeah. very back and forth. Pick me vibes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's a oh. good TikTok term. Yes. We'll be in with the uh, the Gen Z crowd now. <laughs> yeah, now they're, now, yeah, they're all tuning in. They're like, oh, yeah. I know I know what this means. I know, I get pick it. me. <laughs> <laughs> so easily the most infamous uh, operation was Operation Snow White, which we briefly ah, touched upon. Yeah. Which involved several Scientologists, including Hubbard's wife, Mary Sue, to infiltrating the Department of Justice and the IRS to bug their offices, copy important documents, and retrieve internal information about their activities. Every single one of them was eventually convicted and sentenced to prison, although Hubbard remained free because of the authorities were unable to connect him to the project. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's right so, there. <laughs> like, so his, his third wife goes to jail, and uh, oh. I can only imagine he finds someone else later on. But <laughs> oh, The day she was sentenced, he probably yeah. was already... On to the next. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well... <laughs> According to Stacey Young, a former senior Scientologist, quote, the IRS was not giving Scientology its tax exemption, so they were considered to be a pretty major enemy. What you do with an enemy is you go after them, harass them, and intimidate them and try to expose their crimes until they decide to play ball with you. The whole idea was to create a coalition that was at an arm's length from Scientology so that it had more credibility, end quote. So basically, um, bribe, cheat, steal until you win. <laughs> That's their goal. Not... Um, a smart way to go about it as you the know US government no yeah they don't, they don't fuck with that too often <laughs> no They're and for you well yeah exactly yeah. like okay we want them to play ball so we're gonna do all this shady shit and then expect them just to go back and forth with us. It's like, no, they're going to arrest your ass. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's they shut else. us down for doing illegal stuff. Let's do more illegal stuff and see if we can counteract it. Yeah. <laughs> two two negatives. <laughs> two yeah. negatives make a positive. That's what it's yes. like. Oh my God, these people. Mm. It's yeah. sad to hear that these are like grown adults that are just so sucked into this theory, like this mindset yeah. of... If we keep screaming at them, they will give us what we want. <laughs> they will listen. <laughs> yes. So the group that Sarah Young was referring to was the National Coalition of IRS Whistleblowers, an organization that the Church of Scientology established and financed. On the surface, it provided the support to individuals who wanted to go public with allegations of corruption within the agency, but were afraid of the backlash that they would inevitably receive. For instance, in 1989, the coalition helped spark a series of congressional hearings after it proved that the IRS officials in Los Angeles had bought property from a firm that at the time was being audited by the agency, which is a huge no-no. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Shortly after the purchase, the audit was dropped without the company paying any penalties. So they basically threatened the IRS to give up their claims with a bunch Yikes. of lawsuits. Yikes. It was also said that the Church in Scientology approached a private investigator named Octo Pena, which is a great name. Oh, That's Octavo name. Pena. It's even better. Oh, even. <laughs> yeah. Here for it. Yeah. Offering to pay him a million dollars if he found evidence proving that the IRS was corrupt. Another detective named Michael Schomer 
Less cool name, but yeah, not not yeah. as great. That's why he was the second detective. <laughs> <laughs> he claimed that he too was given the same offer. So, hmm. according to an article on the Carnegie Mellon University website, quote, describing his work on behalf of Scientology in a series of interviews, Chalmers said that he and his boss, Thomas Kwiwaki, worked for the church for at least 18 months in 1990 and 1991. Working from his office in Maryland, he said that he set up a phony operation, the Washington News Bureau, to pose as a, new, a reporter to gather information about the church critics. He also said that he infiltrated IRS conferences to gather information about officials who might be skipping meetings, drinking too much, or having affairs. End quote. Yeah. <laughs> well, and do these people that are like starting all of this stuff not have things to do? Like, I, I'm just no. wondering how well kept their living spaces are, if they have children, do they have other jobs? Where? So much time seems to be invested in this. Yeah. So my part. thought is like they are the church leaders. So they're definitely, you know, lining their pockets with their followers money because Hubbard's oh, out yeah. now. Right. Right. And they are wanting to get that tax exemption, you know, reinstated. So they're looking at all ways to try and get the IRS to give them that back. So they figure just pouring money into fucking with the IRS is the best way to go about it. So they're probably fine. Yeah. It is shitty that this detective was like, sure, we'll do it for 18 months. Jesus Christ, man. It's, I think it's funny that they're pouring in like their own money made from their own corruption to mm. get people to find out their corruption. I was like, what are you doing? Well, yeah. and like how much money are they really going to save with tax, this tax exemption? Like if if, if you're making millions and millions of dollars, like that's, that's a lot of taxes you're you're taking off. I don't know exactly what it is. It's America, so it's probably less taxes than here. But, but yeah, uh, it's not as much as Canadian. Yeah, but I know I would not know the tax break because I don't have the privilege of making yeah, millions of dollars. Neither do I. Not relate, but yeah, it's just the. I just you have to wonder the amount of energy they're putting into getting this tax exemption. What they could have done if they just weren't so up their own asses, yeah. right? Like how yeah. much actual good things they could have provided to society. But instead they're like, you know what? We really need this tax exemption. Let's just focus <laughs> on this. Yeah, let's yeah. let's focus and fuck with the IRS. Let's let's not invest our money to make more money. Let's yeah. let's fuck with the IRS until they get us a tax exemption. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, these tactics ultimately worked. And on oh. October 8th, 1993, thousands of Scientologists gathered at the Los Angeles Sports Arena to celebrate the reinstatement of their tax exemption status. The news sent shockwaves across the United States, and today, scholars believe that it played a critical role in Scientology's global campaign for acceptance as a legitimate mainstream religion. But do you guys know who won't blackmail you or harass you (laughs) into into giving them tax-exempt status? Oh, I don't know. Who? Probably the services and products that support this show. I hope not. I, I mean, know. that would be really <laughs> great if they didn't. So yeah. fingers crossed they don't. <laughs> if I get down on my luck enough, though, maybe. maybe. You never know. You never <laughs> they offer know. They me millions of dollars, so <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> but enjoy some ads. We are back. No more blackmail. 
We have tax exemption status. We're all, like, no one has to pay taxes who listens to this show. Yes. I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's been approved by us, but if you ask your lawyer or your accountant about it, yeah, they yeah. might not know about it yet. So just give it, just give it a couple weeks. Uh, the things, it may vary depending on which country you're in. And by that, I mean any country. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have no say in any of that. Um <laughs> But besides its tax exemption status, Hubbard also invested in ensuring that the Church of Scientology welcomed influential figures into its ranks. For him, doing so was important because celebrities could access opportunities and communication lines that were unavailable to the general public. In 1969, he established the Celebrity Center International, a department located near Hollywood Boulevard that was also described as a hub for artists, politicians, leaders of the industry, sports figures, and anyone with the power and vision to create a better world, end quote. He also created an internal newsletter called Project Celebrity, in which he regularly talked about his desires to recruit A-listers like the actors Orson Welles and Greta Garbo, as well as the entrepreneur and film producer Walt Disney. He also even tried to approach Elvis Presley. (laughs) Unbeknownst to Hubbard, his dreams would one day be realized after his death, his successor, David Miscavige, managed to recruit a number of Hollywood celebrities, including Tom Cruise, John Travolta, Christy Alley, and Annie Archer, all of whom have since become poster children for Scientology. So that's quite a list. And I think there, there are more, but they're not, I don't know if they're all A-listers. I didn't know that Christy Alley was one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I'm also oh, I guess you know. very much like everything very fad wise. Yes, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I don't know if she still is. I imagine she probably is. Probably there there are a lot of uh, celebrities who join and then leave as well because, like you said, the fad. <laughs> yeah, they they have a reflection of oh shit, what, I give <laughs> what am I doing? This These is people what are crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> session? No thanks. Yeah, yeah. The church also reportedly tried to recruit Elvis Presley again (laughs) and (laughs) Michael Jackson, as well as power couples Will and Jada Smith and David and Victoria Beckham. Wow. According to rumors, Elvis once said, quote, there's no way I'll ever get involved with that son of a bitch group. All they want is my money. (laughs) (laughs) They do. He wasn't wrong. (laughs) No. And if that doesn't make you love Elvis more, I don't know what will. But yeah. uh, Ironically, though, his ex-wife Priscilla and their daughter, Lisa Maria, were both devoted Scientologists for decades. Ooh, yeah, rough. It's unfortunate. Arguably, its most famous member is Tom Cruise, who, since becoming a Scientologist in 1990, has been rumored to be micromanaged by Miss Cavage and his fellow leaders. For instance, there was allegations that the church had forced him to divorce his second wife, Nicole Kidman, because her father was a renowned psychologist in her native Australia. Hmm. That was probably not all, but uh, yeah. So yeah. Th- and this is basically proven true that, that he, like I think Nicole Kidman has come out and said they coerced him into divorcing her. Wow. Um, I mean, and she's better off now. Well, I'm totally uh, yeah. better off. Yeah. My favorite picture on the internet is of her walking out. I think it was like of her, div- of the courthouse or her divorce lawyers. Oh yeah. Where she's like, so like celebrating. The, yeah. Like celebrating <laughs> holding the papers in her hand. Like, fuck yeah. I'm not married to Tom Cruise anymore. Yeah. That is just forever. My favorite photo, but <laughs> it's scary how powerful this group is that you're paying into and how much it influences you because you're paying into it. Right. Yeah. 
like to force you to divorce your someone that you're supposedly in love with just because their parent has a different belief system. Yeah. Right. It's so to me very micromanaging. Very micromanaging and just not a I don't know how people can continue to join, but that's just my two cents. Yeah, it, it's definitely not a good thing. And it is weird. Like someone with his status can be controlled. Like that's the scary yeah. part. You know what I mean? Like he has all the money, all the power, all the influence he could ever want. Exactly. How, how is he being controlled? Like it's it's weird. It's weird. It's a me, weird but. dynamic. Yeah, because hmm. he's paying them for, you know, whatever reason he has to pay them. Yeah. So he's already giving himself to them and then they're turning around saying, okay, you now have to do this. It's like, dude, you're already paying them. Like they're not, there's no, they must be feeding something for them to like want to stay. Yeah. Yeah. There must be something offered. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. That's not all. The church was also said to play a role in his separation from his third wife, Katie Holmes. Mm. Uh, She allegedly divorced Tom Cruise after finding out he was planning to enroll their daughter, Suri in a Scientology recruitment school. <laughs> Ew. Some, Don't some, her. Yeah, yeah, big red flag. Uh, some even went so far as to claim that the couple's divorce settlement included a clause that permanently banned him from involving his daughter in the church. <laughs> which Yikes. is smart. Super yeah, smart. Say, good for her. Yeah, yeah, you know it's bad when. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Don't ever come for me. Yeah. <laughs> she seems like, I. to me, it's weird that she even married him if she was against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you had to have known at that point he was <laughs> so involved in it that he well, would do something stupid like that. Yeah, and like it goes beyond their relationship. Obviously, like it, it's just crazy how entice, like how in what's the word I'm trying to say? So wrapped up in it, right? Mm-hmm. That he's literally jeopardizing his own family and relationships. But that's a cult. That is a cult. Exactly. That is exactly what it is. You want to be on the the in crowd. (laughs) So Cruz was first introduced to Scientology by his first wife. So all of his relationships are involved with Scientology somehow. Of course. Mimi Rogers, whose father was once a high ranking member. However, Hmm. he only became enamored by it when his severe dyslexia was purportedly cured by the technologies and programs that the church promoted. Mm Mm-hmm. But there were allegations that his recruitment was a calculated process that was personally overseen by David Miscavige. According to Nancy Manny, a former member who worked with celebrities at the church's C organization, (laughs) quote, I knew some people who kid-gloved Tom Cruise into becoming a member. Everything was orchestrated and orientated. orientated. Tom has a problem reading. So do I, apparently. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, so they don't have him doing the course on his own and paired him up one-on-one. So usually people do it solo, but they paired him up to make it easier for him to learn the course. Right. Yeah, then would make it more welcoming and warm, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. He was matched up with a wonderful, wonderful man who was a hero in Vietnam and was part of a group in the Tet Offense held down by the Viet Cong. It was done on purpose. The manipulation is often unseen by the person being manipulated, end quote. It very much sounds like he was tricked into thinking that he was cured, which is weird because I feel he has to read scripts. I don't know how that works. Well, yeah. And I mean, I wonder what he had to do before then, right, to read scripts. Right. Like, I mean, I'm not really well versed when it comes to dyslexia treatments. So I don't know how intense it can be or what the mm. specific 
guidelines are, but I would assume, like speculating wildly here, that it's probably something that you have to continuously work on and be very yeah. like rigorous with a routine, right? So the fact that they're like, okay, well now it's cured and you don't have to do this anymore. Yeah, kind of. A, yeah, probably not true. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how that part worked. I, like, yeah. is he still dyslexic or yeah. maybe someone reads the scripts to them? Oh, that, that could be it too. Yeah, maybe he just yeah. has an earpiece in in every movie, and I wouldn't be just, surprised. They just edit it out and post. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some okay. guy behind the screen. Okay, say this now, Tom. <laughs> yeah, now say this. <laughs> besides tom cruise another famous celebrity member is the actor john travolta who's best known for his leading roles in pulp fiction and saturday night fever he became a scientologist in 1975 and credits the church with helping him cope with the death of his eldest son who in 2009 sustain, sustained fatal injuries during a seizure hmm. i mean i guess yeah if you if they're your friends and family basically they're gonna yeah through a situation like that that it is a sad situation but oh for um, sure but you're also paying these people so of course you're going to do it yeah of course you've been paying them since the what 1979 you said five seventy five well even longer right Mm -hmm. so you've literally invested their lives of course they're going to play a front and say like oh i'm so sorry for your loss and be there for you emotionally because you were paying them to be there exactly That's the that's the least you can expect is them to yeah. be there for you. I mean, low bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can walk over that bar. Um, yeah. So Travolta is probably one of the most devoted celebrity members of Scientology. Besides speaking candidly about his membership during interviews, the church's official website also quotes him as saying, as a Scientologist, I have the technology to handle life's problems. And I have used this to help others in life as well. I, I would say Scientology put me into the big time, end quote. I don't know. I think you're good acting, probably. Yeah. <laughs> put, like put I, you in there. Yeah. And it's technology. Like, I just, yeah. what does he mean? What does he mean? Well, I think, I think it's supposed to be vague so that you question it and then you learn about it and then you get indoctrinated. Right. <laughs> I feel that's probably what it is. More than like. Because I can imagine as a millionaire, you can have any technology at your disposal. So. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. They you don't need them for that. No. Yeah, you don't no. need technology for that. You just have money. So therefore, go buy yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you don't need religion when you have money. All your problems are solved. <laughs> Basically. So without a doubt, many people have been drawn to Scientology because of the influence of celebrity members like Tom Cruise and John Travolta. But the church is also known for its powerful recruitment tools. For instance, it uses a personality test that, according to experts, builds an air of scientific legitimacy that makes it easier to sell to potential members. It's said that the results of the personality test will always indicate that something is wrong with the person, no matter what their answers are. <laughs> you don't need a test for that. To be fair, people applying, maybe... They do have something wrong with them, but well, exactly. It's I think that's an automatic red flag if you're applying to Scientology. Yeah. But yeah, that's I mean, it's I'm paying to be roasted, basically. Yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, you saw you fill out all this, all this, uh, all these quizzes. It's like, how are you with your family? Like, what's what's home life like? And then at the end, it's like you have a weird head, and it's like, God damn it. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have answered that question that way. Damn it. I knew I should have said I was closer with my mom. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it's basically just a bunch of bullshit to convince people to join. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It, and it doesn't end there. Potential recruits no. are also made to undergo a stress test, wherein the church's infamous e-meter is used. During this stage, the administrator tries to figure out their ruin, which, according to the organization's ex-Scientologist, is, quote, an insecurity or psychological button that can be used against a person to make that person think that they need Scientology, end quote. Mm. So that's their, quote, unquote, ruin. Basically, their trigger. Like, what's, yeah. what's, what's, their, what's their trigger? So if we know it, we can then bring it up and say, well, you need us because we yeah. know all about you and we can help you, right? That's so... <laughs> Which is horrible. <laughs> that is some real mindfuck. Well, some yeah. serious manipulation like that. Imagine yeah. like having a World War II vet who's like going through this, and it's like, yeah, they just play like a bombing raid in the room or oh. something like that, just to like trigger just to them. them yeah. yeah, and and then turn around and say, "Well, you need us because you know we know how to help. That we can do an audit and make you clear. It's like, yeah. of course, someone's going to buy into that, especially if they're already triggered. You're causing mm. them more PTSD. Yeah. PTSD. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. You're doing the opposite of what they need. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh god. Besides legitimizing themselves by using these seemingly scientific tools. The Church of Scientology also takes advantage of those who have gone through emotional or psychological trauma. For instance, Bindi Irwin, the daughter of renowned crocodile hunter Steve Irwin, was once mm. rumored to be a candidate because of her grief over her father's death. Oh. Yeah. Mm, don't like that. Don't like that at all. Luckily, she's got a good head on her shoulders and did not join, I believe. So Smart girl. Smart, yep. smart girl. The family and her and the brother do the, the show again like their dad. Oh, did they actually? Yeah, I saw that on TikTok actually today, I think, which is... Wow, that's cool. So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The church also reportedly capitalizes on natural disasters and other catastrophes. For instance, Scientologists passed out flyers after the 2019 Christchurch Mosque Massacre in New Zealand. An official spokesperson also said that the mobile ministers were deployed to provide assistance in Indonesia after it was hit by a massive earthquake. So, yeah... Great stuff. I, great stuff. I just am wondering why they're put. I, oh, I just so many things are going through my mind, and they're all not good thoughts. So we yeah. should just oh, pieces of shit. Pieces of shit. <laughs> stuff like this is like because churches do this too, which yeah, like actual churches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel like like, and I mean, I'm sure some of them, like some ministers, or like. Some leaders in the church are like doing it out of their goodness of their heart, but it's like those yeah. those mega churches that are like definitely grifting off of a thousand percent. Like the ones, yeah, the ones that are honing in on, oh, your 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 town just burnt to the ground. Oh, yeah. well, you should come Give stay with us. Yeah, <laughs> come stay with us. Join our cult. I mean, our church, and then we'll help <laughs> you rebuild again from yeah. the inside out. It's like you are literally. It to me, it just seems as if Scientology is trying to take over the most broken down person and try to make them believe that they, Scientology, can help them build themselves up again, yeah. no matter what scenario. And every time it's okay, but if you give me more money, I can help you build. Oh then no, 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 no. Yeah, give me give, give me more money. Yeah, give me more <laughs> money, and I can help you. And then we'll do an yeah. audit, and then you'll be clear. But that's going to be like seventeen sessions down the yeah, road. Yeah, so. yeah, that'll be a thousands of dollars later. You'll you'll be oh. you'll be cured. Yeah, so. yeah, and bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll be happier, apparently. Maybe. Oh, 
I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> your, pet, your mental health would be so amazing. You'll never have to see a mental health professional ever again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, these allegations have been denied by the church, though. In response to an article published by Los Angeles Magazine, a spokesperson said, quote, What has been said about us is all too often pure propaganda. It is inaccurate and intentionally avoids showing who Scientologists really are and what we do. Propagandists look to capitalize on the growing curiosity about Scientology. They have manufactured controversies where there are none, while refusing to show the church, its organizations, its humanitarian programs, as well as unprecedented growth worldwide. That is the real story, a dynamic movement and crusade spanning the globe, helping people live better and happier lives from Los Angeles to Johannesburg to Tokyo. (laughs) End quote. Here's your plate of bullshit. Yeah, Yeah. literally. It's... Everyone's talking bad about us. They're not seeing how great we are. But in reality, it's okay. But you, you could, these people could be coming from a very compassionate, maybe even empathetic point of view. But the fact Mm -hmm. that you have to pay in with a promise of things will get better the more you buy into it is a red flag. It's a red flag. Yeah, big red flag. Yeah, no, you're right. And it is sad, like that so many people are in it. Like it is the biggest cult that I've talked about. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. L. Ron Hubbard may not have set out to establish an entirely new religion, but that's exactly what he did. The Church of Scientology has certainly come a long way from its roots as an ideology created by a science fiction writer looking to make more money. Today, it is widely regarded as an actual religion that has thousands of members and hundreds of local chapters across the globe. Despite the many controversies that have plagued it throughout the years, the Church of Scientology remains strong, its ranks swelled by its masterful propaganda and the presence of celebrity members who continually draw potential recruits and that is the bleak end of the church of scientology <laughs> very bleak yes. yeah yeah Maybe doom and gloom might be a part three if they do something crazy soon but um, yeah, i'm just kidding 2022 yeah. you never know with scientology what they, <laughs> they have turned to uh covid stuff too if you go to their website oh, they it doesn't about- surprise me no oh so that is the end now we didn't do this first part but now that we're done we can do mm-hmm. cult critiques so this is the part of the episode where my guests and I talk about the cult we just covered and give it a rating out of five stars on how well it did as a cult. There is okay. no hard and fast rule about how you do the rating. So it could be like a one star and say it was a great cult or you can give it a five star and say it was a great cult, whatever you want. So what would you guys like to give the Church of Scientology for its rating? I'll let you, you can do a joint first. rating or a separate rating, whatever you guys want to do. I would like to give no stars, but <laughs> I would give no stars if I could. <laughs> but I guess one star. <laughs> no star. They spit in my food. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. They are terrible people. I'd give it, I'd go the opposite way. And this might be the just because it is like a Stern successful part. cult. So I would go five yeah. stars just because yeah. of how successful it is. That's what I was thinking in the sense of like rating it from one to five on how successful it's been it's definitely a five out of five because yeah. for how massive it is in terms of how good it is it is like Marianism <laughs> no. behind it i give it that's where i went yeah like, <laughs> nothing. like, it's like just, how does it, it make me feel inside yeah like, zero. How does, yeah i don't feel like shit it. yeah <laughs> feel like shit it's i mean they definitely are buying into the whole fad industry right where yeah. it's Oh, how to lose 30 pounds in two minutes, basically, kind of mentality. You know, if you continuously buy 
into getting better, you will get better. And I mean, I guess some could argue that that is how some like certain private mental health practices go. I mean, if you're a private counselor, you can definitely charge a crap ton of money to do your therapy. But most times in those situations, you're helping someone work on a goal and there's an end date to that goal, right? Right. Whereas with Scientology, I'm not getting that vibe. I'm getting the vibe of you continuously pay us. There's no end goal. And you're just going to keep paying us and you're going to keep supplying our income on the promise that you're eventually going to get better, but you don't. And they're manipulating you into it by saying that you have something wrong with you when you might not. You might just be a normal person with normal trauma Mm -hmm. and normal, you know what I mean? Normal head size. Normal head size. (laughs) God damn it. It is normal. (laughs) And and, yeah, sure, you could probably benefit from seeing uh, a psychologist or uh, whatever. I'm not sure. Yeah, psychologist or something like that. But what you're going to get from an auditor is not that. You're going to get a false, like a Hollywood style version of what a psychologist is. You're going to get nothing yeah. and, and it's not going to help you. And it's just going to continually keep you in this terrible relationship. I guess. Yeah, it's like a vicious cycle of you keep paying in expecting you're going to get better and then you don't. And then you're reminded of your fault. So then you keep paying in Yeah, and it just goes around and around. And I think the problem with that is that people get stuck because they've invested so much money into it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't want to leave because they're like, well, I put so much in. Yes. Right. Yeah. It, it is sad. And, and I feel they also probably blackmail people into staying in, you know, oh, and, and they have, percent. they convince you to bring your family. So then your family's indoctrinated. So it makes it harder to get out, you know, yeah. your they, friends. They, they make it hard. To it's very, it's very, you know, it's a, it's a manipulation tool, right? Because the more ties you have in, the harder it is to cut away from those ties, especially mm-hmm. when you don't, when you no longer hold the scissors, yeah. right? If you're giving your money, your being, your everything to an agency that doesn't necessarily, well, probably doesn't have your best interest in definitely mind. <laughs> yeah, definitely doesn't then of course, you know, you're going to get wrapped up in it and they're not necessarily going to just freely hand you the scissors and say, okay, it's fine. Bye. <laughs> like, no, you get no. in those situations where, as we've kind of mentioned in part one, where it, it gets probably scary for ex members to leave mm-hmm. because they get threatened and blackmailed and basically persecuted for leaving, protecting themselves or yeah. won't hurt them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's hope. <laughs> you don't get attacked. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I have that large of a reach. Maybe Tom Cruise will hear it and then won't be knocking on my door next week, but <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> let's wrap that up and we'll leave it at that. So Alex, Christy, it's time for your plugs. So Oof, please okay. tell my audience about Weird Distractions podcast and where they can find it. Well, if you heard us in part one, we'll kind of basically just regurgitate that we talk about true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, urban legends, a little bit of this and well, a little bit of that to provide kind of a weird <laughs> consider and what probably society considers a weird distraction from everyday life. You can find us over on Apple Podcasts, Good Pod, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, like basically anywhere. every yeah, basically any platform and everywhere. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You search us, you'll find us. Yeah, basically. <laughs> if you type in weird distractions podcast, 
probably nothing else will come up. So. Hopefully, Hopefully not. Yeah. I, mean, I keep checking and nothing else pops up. So uh. yeah. you guys are first in my feed. So oh, thank God. Okay, cool. Uh, that, that's all I can say about it. So yeah, definitely, definitely check them out. You guys have a ton of episodes. I don't know how many, but oh gosh, we did ninety one. Yeah, we no, we just recorded ninety one. Oh, okay, oh. but yeah, we're we're hitting a hundred soon. So we're Jeez. we're getting there. So so if you need a weird distraction from your entire 2022 go definitely go check them out exactly. uh, they've got you covered for almost every day for the first third of the year <laughs> yes yes and thank you so much for having us on we'll definitely have to have you on at some point in yes, this year and yeah. talk about another cult because yeah we need to talk about more cults on our show i think mm-hmm. that sounds that sounds good to me so look out for that episode as well if you enjoyed this episode please give us a five-star review on apple Podcasts, pod chaser good pods and now spotify that's right. If you're listening on Spotify, you can finally rate the podcast. If you really love this episode, go to patreon.com slash cultivate podcast network or use the link in the show notes to get access to a ton of other bonus content from shows on our network. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you again to Alex and Christy for coming on. We will see you guys next time. You can say bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>